This is back to back. What's up, back-to-backers? This is Willie Joy. Welcome to the show. This is Back to Back. This is my podcast. We're back. How are you? How you doing? How you feeling? Nice to be back with you. Uh, look, if I sound like I'm rushing this intro a little bit, well, that's that's because I am. Uh, I have to run and catch a train in a minute to New York City, uh, filling in for a friend of mine who got sick and uh, couldn't make his gig tonight in Brooklyn. So, do a little cheeky, cheeky Brooklyn pop-up. You know, I was just saying to somebody the other day, it really feels like uh, everything's getting back into motion. Gigs coming back in full force. You know, festival season, really, really full force feeling this year. It is really nice to see all my friends who have come on this show and, uh, you know, just everybody out there doing it. It's, it's nice, man. And uh, speaking of somebody who is out there doing it, a true machine in this game, uh, Riot 10 is here. Riot 10 is on the podcast this week. Had a great conversation with him. And Riot 10 also, I got to tell you, this is important. He's got a new song coming out with Crank That this Friday, April 22nd. Uh, The song is called Own the Night. And if you know either of their music, uh, you probably know what you are in store for. So that's this Friday, Riot 10 and Crank That, Own the Night, coming out. Uh, He also just put out a song with Subdoctor called Bussin' Bussin', which is out right now. And in a tonal shift from uh, what I was just talking about, April 30th, Riot 10 is going to be participating in the Run for Autism in El Paso, Texas. And that's going to be also an amazing event to raise funds as well as raise awareness for autism initiatives, issues. And there's going to be a link in the description of this episode where you can go get more information on all of this. Go follow Riot 10, grab the new music, pre-save it, download it, and also support him when he does the run for autism at the end of this month. Also in that description, you'll find another link to come join the back-to-back Discord. Just nothing but good vibes in the Discord. We're, we're just hanging out. We're just chatting. We're talking about our lives. We're sharing music we're working on, getting some feedback. And it is a great group of people, and I'd love to have you come join. So the link for the Discord also in the description of this episode. But back to today's topic, today's guest, Riot 10. Uh, great to talk with him. One of those guys, uh, uh, you know, I say this a lot on the show. A lot of mutual friends never actually talked before, never actually met before. But uh, certainly I was aware of him. I I think he was aware of me. And we had a really nice conversation. It's one of those episodes of the podcast that makes me appreciate just being able to do it, being being grateful to have these kinds of conversations, because I think it's easy, not just as a listener, but even as an artist or, or somebody else, you know, in the community to get a perception of somebody based off of their public persona, based off of, you know, the, the style of music that they make. And it's it's always really nice to realize that, no, actually, we're, we're all human and we're all deep, interesting people. Just a great conversation in general. You know, besides being the man who really defined a couple years of EDM with, uh, with that Railbreaker track, the iconic, uh, you know, break your fucking neck vocal 
that uh, I'm sure um, many of you have heard here and there. Uh, I am joking because, of course, you've you've heard it everywhere. But besides that, and besides being known for, you know, as a titan of, of really heavy, aggressive music, Riot 10, broadly talented guy. You know, he put out a house EP, actually, that I really loved on Dimmock a couple of years ago. We were talking about maybe he's going to do another one soon. He's got his Pushing Daisies side project, which is, uh, you know, a little more melodic, a little more future, bassy, if you want to use that term. And he's got a fascinating story as well. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. I think it unfolds really nicely in the conversation. I hope you will enjoy it. If you do, if you want to support this show, I would love to have your support. And the best way to support Back to Back is just by spreading the word, letting people know truly the way the show survives and, and grows and the way I'm able to get new and cool guests every single week is just by the strength of the community, the strength of people telling their friends. You know, if you got a friend, just tell them to tune in. Or if you want, you can put up a post on social media. You can always tag us, tag me, at Willie Joy, at Back to Back Pod on everything. And just in general, I, I hope you, yes, you, the person listening to my voice right now is doing well, wherever you're at, whether you're at home, in the gym, uh, in the car, at work, um, somewhere somewhere else. Are there other places people go? The bowling alley? Are you listening to this while you're bowling? You're probably listening to this while you're bowling. So look, uh, I hope you get a strike. I got to run and catch this train. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Let's do it right now. This is me and Riot 10, back to back. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny, I guess, to like jump into it a little, talking about Apex and talking about gaming and getting ranked on there. How do you how do you balance your time? Because I, I think of you generally as a busy guy. You're always on tour. You're pretty prolific with the releases. I know you have kids as well. Yeah. You're also what appears to be a fairly serious gamer. Do you do your days have like a, a lot of structure in them? I, yeah, they usually do. Um, it's more so, I guess, uh, I mean, yeah, just trying to divide time, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, equally, I guess, or the way, I guess, you know, that works best for me. So like generally like in the mornings, you know, um, I'll wake up with our, um, with our four-year-old and I'll be with him, you know, throughout the day up until about noon. Um, then when it gets to about noontime, that's when I generally work on music. So yeah. depending on, um, my four-year-old's here right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's in the background. Heard you were talking uh, <laughs> about him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll be with him and then noontime I'll work on music. Um, sometimes, you know, there'll be a couple things I need to do. So it'll be like, you know, an hour or two. Sometimes it's, you know, it'll take me to, you know, six hours. Um, so basically, generally, once when I'm done doing that, you know, that's when I'll go ahead and, you know, play some, some video games for a little bit. Um, then around seven o'clock, that's when I'll go ahead and, I'll, uh, I'll help put my, uh, my youngest to, to bed. So, and then after that, I get to, uh, to play a little bit more video games. And then I end the night, you know, watching movies or like TV shows with my girlfriend. So it's, it's actually, a, it's a routine. It's pretty, it's basically the same thing every day during the week. Um, doesn't really change till like about the weekend. So it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, in, in some ways I feel like when you have that much going on, you kind of have to make it that way, right? Just to be able to get right. everything done and handle everything. Um, are you able to, this is something I've talked about with other people. 
as far as, you know, when you have those smaller windows to make music and you know it's, you know, okay, from one to three or whatever it is, that's when I got to make music. Is, do you handle that kind of situation well? Because I think a lot of people you and I both know are kind of that more free flowing, just like, oh, an idea strikes me, I'll hop in the studio till five in the morning, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I've never been like that. I've actually almost from the like, majority of my career, I would say that I produce during the day. Um, I feel, I think I feel like more creative during the day than, you know, compared to at night. Um, when I think it was when I was younger, I would definitely need to produce later, like later into like, you know, three, four in the morning. For, for the most part, I try to make sure that, you know, obviously music, like the music comes first, but obviously behind, obviously like my family, my kids. But um, I try not to cut my music short if, you know, to go play. Um, even if I'm saying all my friends like, come on, come play. I try to make sure that I don't, you know, do that and make sure music gets done. Um, and then there's sometimes where I'm just working music too much where I'm like, I feel a little bit burnt out and like, you know, video games is more of more so of like a, you know, it, it's not, I feel like it's a slight passion of mine as well, but it's also like a, you know, relief from like everything that comes with music, whether it's business, whether it's just making music, sometimes, you know, you feel burnt out or like writer's block. And I feel like video games is a really nice way for me to like, you know, get away from that. Yeah. Isn't it funny, man, how, you know, all of us, we're, we're so lucky to be doing what we're doing. Right. And we figured Absolutely. out a way to like, turn our passion and our our hobby into our job but then once it is that it's like you need a different passion or a different hobby <laughs> to like get away from the one you turned into your job <laughs> yeah and i think it's like you know and like you said like we're all very fortunate and we're all very grateful to like have this job um but when it turns into when it turns serious it's not a, it's not that it's not as fun it's just it's definitely more serious so it's yeah. like you know, there's this lot more that comes with it. It's like, you know, the branding gets involved, you know, the show gets the show stuff, all the business, like, you know, some of the, the shitty business stuff that you have to like go through as far as like, you know, dealing with other, you know, there's like, like maybe billing battles or like any stuff like that. Yeah. And it just becomes like, not all about music anymore. I mean, I'll take it all though. Like I love oh, what I do. I would, yeah. I don't, I don't regret any of it or like, you know, I wouldn't give, you know, trade this for anything. It's so fun. I'm, I'm really glad you said billing battles. That's like one of my favorite things to, to talk about. Cause I don't, I don't think like yeah. the, the average listener understands like how no. much time people on artist teams spend yelling about like font size on a yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I get it. I mean, you know, cause, there's, there's like just so many sides to like or there's so many things about like billing that can like turn into other things that can like you know affect you know say a future show of yours because say you're under someone here or if you're over someone here yeah i mean at the end of the day it's not like it's like that important where like you know you'll lose your career over it but some you know some managers and some agents they take it very seriously and you know, that's what it is. So. Oh, yeah. No. And I mean, and I mean, bless their hearts. Right. It's like they're doing their yeah. jobs, but it is there's like a part of me that understands it and appreciates it when people are fighting on my behalf. But then there's right. another part of my brain that's like, this is so dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way I'm, I'm like, man, like I should kind of just maybe like be grateful that I'm even playing this, <laughs> right. you know, and that's what sometimes I'm thinking about. It. And I, I'm just glad it's not I don't I don't have to be that person to like go and handle that like my manager and agent they can go handle that you know 
yeah. whatever it comes, whatever you know, comes down to, then I'll, you know, I'll be obviously, I'll gladly accept it if it's you know reasonable. Well, what was it like in contrast, maybe when you first were getting into, like, first making the name Riot Ten, starting the project before you had really built a team? Were you thinking about any of that kind of stuff, like branding or how the presentation looked or being cohesive Um, or any of that? Definitely not like in depth how it is now. Um, I mean, I was just kind of back then I was just releasing like, like an edit, like a trap edit every like week, like just for free. Like here, take it. Yeah. And doing all that, and now you can't just freely put music out like that anymore. Um, I, I mean, kind of miss that. Yeah, I kind of miss it, man. You can, but it's not the same anymore. Like it doesn't have the same effect. Like when SoundCloud was like in its like glory days, that was like my favorite time ever, dude. Like, yeah, that was really fun. It was um, the best, man. It was the best. It was like if you got something reposted by a bigger artist there, like you knew that song was going to blow up, and like now you get a repose and it doesn't do much. So yeah. <laughs> so. And, and I feel like we were all less precious about what we put out there too. Like you were saying like, yeah, just like make a song, throw it up for a free download. I did the same thing for like, you know, months. I would just put up a song every week, whether it was like mm-hmm. good or finished or, you know, it was just like, this is what I did this week. And yeah, some of them popped exactly. off and some didn't, but it was just, it was so fun. It felt like so much more of like a, a community kind of thing, you know? It, yeah, definitely. Like, I miss those days. It was, yeah, it was people. I don't, yeah, I think people were just like, it was more, I feel like there's more like creativity back then because it was, people were just remixing everything. People were just making edits of everything. And it was just like fun. And now it's like, you have to be, you're like move more conscious of like what you're putting out. You're like, oh, I want, I want to make, I want to make sure people don't like, you know, some of my fans maybe might not think like, <clears throat> this is good. What if it's not good enough? And like, it was more fun back then. And now it's, it's like too calculated now. Yeah, it's super, super calculated. I mean, I guess like TikTok is a little more chaotic that way where there are just kind of random right. edits floating <laughs> around and people just throwing stuff up there. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess this is just like an old man conversation. But yeah, I, I do miss the SoundCloud days. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess this is an old man conversation. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah. Somehow, but yeah, like TikTok is everywhere you can get creative with all that stuff, and it's like, and I think TikTok is also, it's it's like almost it's influenced you know people's like production as well though because it's yeah. like people now they want to make sometimes music that's going to be like you know that'll appeal on TikTok. People using the videos. I've always kind of like used like or like wanted corny, like not corny, but like catchy corny, like, you know, pre, pre-drop vocals. Yeah. So that's always been my thing, but I've, re- I've known, re- like I've seen recently more, more and more artists trying to do, you know, like catchier vocals and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, I like it because, you know, at the end of the day, like what makes the song, you know, memorable a lot of times is the vocal. Right. Like it, it could, it, maybe the, you know, the instrument, the instrument, the instrumental might not be as crazy or like amazing, but if you have like a really, you know, catchy um, vocal on it, you know, that can make the difference between a million plays and like 200,000 plays. Yeah, it's it's true. Although I think it's hard and maybe you can speak to this because you, I mean, with with the song Railbreaker, that was, you know, that became like the most used vocal or the most, you know, shouted mm. vocal by the crowd for years and years and years. I, and I think having a thing like that that's hard to sort of plan for. It's hard to manufacture. And I think yeah. you can tell a lot of times when people are trying to manufacture right. that moment or to try to write a hook where 
where they're just the whole reason they're writing it is because they're trying to imagine right. people like shouting it or pe- yeah. it catching <laughs> on, which I feel like is not usually the way to write something catchy. Yeah, it's I think when you try too hard is when it, you know, it uh, doesn't come out the way you want it to. Because like, I'll, t- I'll be the first to tell you that I obviously I've I've tried to, you know, to to replicate that. <laughs> yeah, that same thing. And I have it's, you know, I've come close to like a lot of songs that have done well, but none of them have been like what Real Breaker was. And I've noticed the harder I try at it, the more it just doesn't doesn't come out. Yeah. So. It is hard, man. I think it's, it's not easy. And it's like, it, and there's a lot of pressure on me to try to like, you know, cause a lot, you know, I'll, I'll see some people online. They're like, Oh, you know, it's a one hit wonder. That's all he has, whatever, whatever. And I mean, I know it's not true, but and that kind of like almost makes me want to make like another, you know, song like that. I mean, like, and it's, it's put, like pressuring me to doing that and it just doesn't work out. So I've kind of let, try to like let go of those comments and just kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, because you don't want to let those comments hold you back from evolving or developing either, right? Like, I think it could be right. super easy if you get known. I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, what you said—the one-hit wonder thing. You know, the classic like one-hit wonders—they're like stuck with their one song forever, and people just won't accept anything else from them. And I think for a lot of them, like you know, going back to like one-hit wonders in pop and rock and all that it ends up being, you know, sort of frustrating that they're sort of chained to this one song. So I don't know, man, maybe it's better that you you did expand and didn't just kind of go down the exact same path, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 really confusing because, like, you know, some fans will be like, oh, we missed like this old sound. And then the you know, other fans will be like, oh, you know, you need to change it up. And I was just like, I can't do both at the same time. Like I can, but I can't. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, it's and at the same time, it's like yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And it's like who who do we listen to really? Because I think the best music is always made by the people who really aren't listening to that many people other than themselves. You know, I, I agree because there's not as much influence, obviously, from like an outside you know outside um, source. So it's well, and everybody wants something different out of you right like you know some people yeah. want the old riot 10 who made Railbreaker, and some people want the new riot 10 who's making you know these melodic side projects and house music and all that and then there's a yeah. million fans out there that haven't even heard your music yet who will love it for some other reason and it's yeah but, but the problem <laughs> with all of that i think is that if you start focusing on any one of those groups too much then yeah, you can kind of get sidetracked from like how you see the project, right? Which at the mm-hmm. end of the day is why everybody's coming to you, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to like just um, I've tried to like just make things that I like recently, you know. Um, which is so that fun. Just, I mean, that's what you should be doing, man. Right? That's yeah. what I started doing, and 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 I've I've slowly been getting back to that. I've been, you know, not not staying on a certain style for too long. Um, I'll try to switch it up. Like, you know, I've been, you know, I've had a couple of uh, remixes. Um, I had a, I have a remix for like Stevie Oki that's going to come out. And that was like drum and bass. I have like a remix for like Dr. Fresh and Nostalgics. And that one's more like down tempo. It's like, like 110 or like, Oh yeah. No, 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 sorry. It's 98. Sorry. 
or 92 uh, BPM, but um, it's that one's totally different. Um, I made a remix of um, Blinded by the Light um, for the weekend, and it's a drum and bass one too. Nice. So it's like, I've been just trying to, you know, kind of like branch out and like just do what makes me happy and like just like hope, you know, the fans that like, hope they like it. And if they don't, well, I mean, maybe I'll make something in the future that they do like. So yeah. So, so maybe they'll, they'll be patient and wait for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? 100%, so. man. I, I think generally fans are more forgiving than artists give them credit for. There are, of course, there's yeah. stories of like Getter and, you know, when, yeah, that's all, sad, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But in general, I feel like, uh, you know, and also like if they're not that forgiving, it's like, well, then maybe, you know, you don't need those fans. <laughs> like, I totally, I totally agree. And like, I think, you know, this is one thing I've, I've talked to like, you know, my girlfriend, and like my manager about, uh, you know, there'd be like some, you know, with me having made uh, like a popular dubstep song and dubstep generally having been more so of an underground thing, you know, I get a lot of like, you know, comments from people just that who just don't like me because I made that song or they like, you know, they don't like that. I have like kind of like catchy, like slash cordy, like vocals. Um, so I just don't like the music in general. And, you know, I've had these talks where it's like, when you see those comments, it feels like that's the majority and it, and it makes zero sense, but it, like, that's the way you feel in that moment. You see it and it's like, I'm like, wow, like, do I really like suck? Or wow, like, maybe this is how a majority of people feel. But at the end of the day, like, majority of fans are like really supportive and they won't, they won't ever talk to you that way. Yeah. But there are like those, you know, those little people here and there that like will go out of their way to try to like ruin your day, you know, and it's crazy how you can have like a thousand, you know, good praising positive comments and like one or two bad negative ones will like, completely like switch up your day. Yeah. Um, at least for the, for the moment, you know, small moment, but it's, uh, you know, and they have to remind me sometimes like, yeah, like this is not how majority people feel like, you know, and I've, what I've noticed too, is that a lot of these people, negative people, they tend to just be, you know, going through like hard times sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. you know, a lot of times I'll see someone on Twitter, they'll see something they mean to me. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll go to their profile and see like, you know, check them out and sure enough, a lot of times, like, you know, they're, one of the, like, their latest, like, you know, um, tweets is, like, um, you know, is everyone else, like, struggling like I am right now? You know, this is really hard right now. I just hope, you know, things get better. So, generally, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll go reply to that tweet, and I'll be like, hey, man, I hope you, you know, hope things get better, or, hey, you know, um, I'm cheering for you, or I'm, you know, stay positive or something. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, like, I, I understand sometimes, you know, going through negative, or, like, you know, negative times, or, like, you know, bad times will push you to sometimes, you know, put that negativity on other people doesn't mean you necessarily mean it but yeah you know i try to i try to stay positive and i try to you know try to spread positivity as well when it comes to that because i i understand things get tough sometimes you know yeah man i mean i i have to think you probably understood that at a younger age than some people because my understanding is you had your your first child when you yourself were still pretty young right yeah i was 16 um so so i guess i've kind of always had people you know, tell me like, oh, you know, like you need to stop chasing this dream of trying to be like a, like a quote unquote rock star. Yeah. You need to, you need to go get a regular job. And, um, cause I also, I also dropped out when I was 17, which I look back on now. I, I don't think I needed to do that, mm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I could have definitely graduated. I mean, I got my GD, but like I could have definitely graduated and finished school, but yeah, at that time, that's what I, I just wanted to make music all day. So I was just making rap beats, you know, uh, I would skip school, go to my friend's house and just make, um, yeah, rap beats up during lunch, during, you know, a ditch and stuff like that. 
And of course, I mean, obviously having, you know, a kid in 16 and people are like, you need to, you know, get your shit together. You need to stop doing this. You need to get a job. Um, I tried getting jobs too, like here and there. And I just, I knew that's not what I saw myself doing. Yeah. And I also never really got hired a lot either. I, I did apply. To, <laughs> I tried to join the army as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did. And I scored pretty high in the ASVAB and they're like, oh, like, you know, you should have, um, you should go try to, um, you know, apply for the Air Force. But then they saw my tattoos and they're like, oh, never mind. Because I had already had tattoos on my fingers. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. And they're like, we, for the army, we can maybe do a waiver, but the Air Force won't take you. So I was like, okay, we'll just do the waiver. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know and, they were they were different levels of strict between like army, Air Force. Yeah, I guess the army was a bit more lenient when it came to tattoos. But uh, yeah, the army didn't, they didn't give me the waiver. So, I mean, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh you know, so I did try, you know, sometimes like, and I did try to like, you know, do something, um, I guess other, like other things in my life, but, um, I guess, you know, I guess God had other plans and I, uh, yeah, I'm here. So it's like, but yeah, I mean, obviously like, like going back to what you had said, yeah, I, I had a you know, family telling me that I need to stop doing this. And, uh, there was a one friend too, from high school when they graduated, we were at the graduation party and he was, um, he looks over at me and he's like, he's like, you look mad. And I was like, Nah, I'm like, it's a party. We're having fun. And he's like, yeah, you look jealous. And I was like, why would I be jealous? And he's like, well, that you didn't graduate and we did. And I was like, I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like I was like, I'm working on my music. And he's like, all right. So yeah, like there was, there was definitely, you know, comments and like times in my life, obviously that I felt, you know, even too, like maybe this is not going to work out the way I wanted to, but I did notice, you know, progress every year, you know, from time to time, I would notice that things are getting bigger and bigger and more. Fa- I was starting to, you know, get more fans and stuff. And so I think that's what it is. It's like, you know, you have to try to look at, you know, the positives, even, you know, through negative times or like even do negative Yeah, comments. absolutely, man. I mean, that's part of what I guess I was alluding to as well is that I think when you're that young and dealing with, you know, serious life stuff, having a kid and having to figure out how to support yourself early and all that, I think... So a lot of kids at that age, you know, don't know how to deal with hard times yet or don't have the tools to deal with negative emotions yet. And, That's a good point. you know, for, for you, it must have been a, a steep learning curve. I got to think, because, you know, once the kids in the equation, there's a lot less room to kind of screw it up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely I mean, I definitely had help, you know, a lot from my mom and um, from um my oldest, um, his other, his other grandma, you know, without them, I, I probably wouldn't be here, you know, so they helped a lot. And, um, as much as they would like, you know, talk shit to me and be like, you need to get your shit together. You know, they still helped. And like, obviously now they know they're proud of me. And like, I, I don't blame them. You know, like I used to kind of be like, Oh, you guys didn't, didn't believe me. And you guys just wanted me to like get a regular job, but I, I can't blame them for them wanting to me like to support my, you know, my son at the time. So I, I, I get it. And I, I think as a parent now, like I would probably do the same thing, but I would, you know, if, you know, my kid wanted to chase his dream and do that, you know, we'd have to come up with a way to like, you know, where you can do both, you know, back then for some reason, I, I didn't feel like I could have a job and produce music yeah. at the same time. But this was back when I was like 17, 18, thought I knew more than I did. And obviously now I know yeah. more. So, <laughs> so like, you know, I could have definitely done things differently. But like I said, I, I can't think like that because like, you know, the way everything has turned out is, you know, it's amazing. And I, 
you know, I would do it yeah, over man. again. Like that. I mean, it's kind of cool because I think a lot of people jump into an artistic career to try to escape the structure of, you know, the nine to five job or the, you know, the go to college, right. get a degree, whatever that path is. But it almost sounds like for you, you found a lot of structure in the music career at the end of the day and ended up sort of maybe even surprising yourself as far as being able to get so much done in a day. And, you know, now looking back, you're like, oh, I could have done that. But maybe you didn't know that until you proved it to yourself, like in the other <laughs> world, you know? For me, I guess, you know, like you're, you're saying like a lot of people try to look for like an artistic, you know, passion, like maybe have that as a career as like a, to avoid a nine to five. And I think, I think for me, I, I was just, it wasn't even necessarily that. I just kind of like, kind of got like immersed into like the whole music thing that like, that's all I wanted to do. And I realized like, that's what yeah. I love. And it was like, everything else kind of like centered around that. How did you, how did you come into that? Like what, uh, what really kind of like sparked off your brain with stuff you were hearing in the house or stuff your friends were playing? Like when you were like, you know, before you had the kid, before you really started, what were you into musically? Um, I, I always into into rap. Um, so I, I mean, I even like when I'm driving, just I'll, that's what I listen to is usually rap. Um, so basically, how it all basically started was um, I was about 14, and we were I had downloaded Virtual DJ, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like making like little like like weird edits of songs. So like I think one of the first edits I ever made it was a really simple edit. It was I think it was like a song with Eminem or something. And he had, he says game over and something. And when he says game over, I had like, I switched it to, um, little flip. Yeah. A little flip song, yeah. game over song. And I, I had switched it and I was like, yo, this is so dope. It was like, it was like, I'm so like, this is like super right. creative, whatever. And then I was like, I was like, maybe we should like my cousins. I was like, maybe we should try rapping. <laughs> so we tried rapping for like two years. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, I'm glad I didn't rap cause I wasn't really good at it, but, you know, that's how I, that's how I got, you know, involved as far as like making music. Um, so then we, I, uh, met a, uh, my friend or yeah, my friend now, obviously, but back then he was a, a new transfer from another school and, uh, no one was really talking to him. Uh, he was obviously new and stuff. So, uh, I went up to him and was like, what's up, dude? And I was like, um, I guess one of the first things that I told him was like, I rap. <laughs> and he, he was like, Oh dude, he's like, dope. He's like, I make beats. And I was like, Oh shit, cool. So we started, and that be, he became, became my best friend. And he introduced me into producing. So after that, you know, we started going to house parties and just kind of just hanging out. And we saw DJs there. And I'm like, yo, this is pretty dope. Like, what if we tried DJing? So we started producing and DJing. And that's when we started hearing house music at, you know, at these parties, so these house parties. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is like, this is like, this house music is pretty dope. I'm going to try making house music. So we started trying to make house music. And then, you know, when Trap came out, it was like, it was like electronic stuff, but with like hip hop, like drums. And so I was like, yo, this is perfect because I've already been producing hip hop. And I think that the Trap thing is obviously where I first kind of got my, you know, started getting a little bit more like attention when I started making yeah. like Trap edits. So that's basically how it all started. It was really like, it kind of just flowed really nicely. Now, like when I look back at it, like it just all kind of just came together. Yeah, like really right nice time, and, right place kind of thing. Yeah, it's... uh. <laughs> <It's weird. laughs> yeah 
Well, what was the, you know, once you, once you started making music and, you know, you dropped out and you're, you're taking it seriously, like this is what you're doing now, how long did it take or what was the first kind of indication that like, oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. Maybe there's actually something behind this. So I think one of the biggest ones was, um, my mom was already telling me that I, it was already like time where I needed to decide, like you're getting too old. And I think I, would, I, might, I might've been maybe 19 or 20 at the time. I had, uh, I had asked my aunt as well for advice and like, what do you guys think I should do? Like, should I continue to chase this or, you know, should I go and get a regular, like just drop it and just do it like just a regular job. And around that time I ended up getting an email from um, DJ Paul from three, six mafia. Oh, damn. And he started telling me that, you know, like how he like fucks all my shit and like, we should definitely work on something or like whatever. And once that happened, I was like, I was kind of like mind blown, obviously at first. And I was like, oh shit. Like, but then I was like, look, like this is obviously an indication that like, I, you know, I'm making some noise or like, you know, I, this, I do have, you know, something in the, in this music, you know, this music world. So I showed my mom that and my mom was like, oh my God, like, you know, she's like excited. And I think after that, that's when they actually saw that it was like, it was something, and I think also for me as well. I mean, it wasn't just for them, but it was also for me. You know, it's like an indication that, like, yeah, this this is this is like going somewhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just continue. I just continued to you know release little edits and things like that. And um, yes, yeah. yeah, so I would say maybe about nineteen twenty. Yeah. No, it's interesting, man. I mean, DJ Paul is such a legend. Do you know how he even heard your music? Was it just off SoundCloud? I'm assuming, I don't see it. I don't know. Next time I hang out with him, I want to ask him because I, maybe, I don't even know if he remembers, but yeah, I don't remember exactly where, or uh, I don't remember what he said exactly where he found it, but I was just excited. And I was like, yes. like Yeah. I mean, 3-6 Mafia doesn't get enough credit, man. I think especially, it, you know, from like people who make like EDM trap music, because it's, they, in terms of like taking that, you know, the, the trap like aesthetic but also putting that sort of just insane level of energy into it. I mean, three, six mm-hmm. mommy were doing that decades before anyone was thinking about making EDM yeah. trap music, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and it's crazy. Like most people don't like even realize like how many big songs they were like songwriters in or like they produced. Right. And like, I, a lot of them I didn't even know. And so like, you know, a couple of years back and I was like, Oh wait, like these guys have credits on this. Like what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, those guys are like, yeah, absolute legends, legends <laughs> man. So you you were saying you hang out with him every once in a while. You see them. What was it like meeting him? How did you? I'm just curious on a personal level. How did you meet DJ Paul? Yeah, he invited me to his uh to his house actually, oh, one of his houses, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we were just hanging out, and he was showing me some vocals for like a. It took me a while to meet him actually, though. Like I talked to him back like in. Oh, so that was 10 years now. So, mm, yeah, like 2012. And I didn't think, I don't think I met him until about like 2000, maybe like 16 or something like that, 2017. And um, yeah, so I went to his house. He was showing me vocals for like, uh, for an idea he had for like a, like a quote unquote EDM song. And um, so after that, we hung out there for a little bit. And he sent me the vocals. And then at night, we went to like this, um, we went to like a, I guess a club and we were just hanging out and 
yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, you're not paying for anything. He's like, everything's all the drinks are on me. You're all good. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Like back then, I didn't have much money. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was like, I was like, shit, I didn't have much money anyway. So like, thanks. <laughs> I was like, shit, <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. Like, yeah. So and it was, and he's just like super humble, dude. Like just super down to earth. Um, you know, and, and anytime I've ever texted him, you know, he's always texted back. Like it's never been like this thing where it's like, it's never been like where I was like ever afraid to text him. I mean, I was nervous at first, but after that, like. You know, it felt more so like he was just like a homie. It wasn't, you know, where you felt like, you know, like you're bothering him. Right. Um, so, yeah, after that, and then, uh, yeah, we got the song done. And then I brought him out for one of my shows, um, uh, like some headline show I had in LA, like, I don't know, six years ago, maybe. Brought him, brought him out for that. Or maybe it's been like four years, but uh, brought him for that. And uh, so, yeah, and so every once in a while, you know, I'll hit him up and see if he's like around. And, I appreciate him. He's definitely one of like, you know, the reasons why I'm here, you know, today. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. It's legendary, man. Those, those kind of moments are wild. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the the tracks you put out with different, you know, hip hop artists and it's mm. a really interesting selection. I feel like I kind of got a sense of like some of your, maybe your early hip hop tastes. Cause you got people like young buck or, uh, or like Keyway and all, they're all great, but it's like not necessarily the obvious choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've always like, I mean, to me, like, that's what I was like, you know, those are guys that I, that I listen to. And like, I'm like a huge fan of like, you know, like young bloods of a little John, like old, like old ludicrous, um, little scrappy, Yeah, man. you know, all those guys, like all that, like all that rap was like, that was like, that was my shit back then. Like, I still, I also listen to if I hear, you know, like a couple of times a year, just because like the energy in that music is just like, that's what's kind of like what I aim for. So it's like, I feel like it's very evident if you listen to that type of music, you know, like that, that era of music and you listen to like what I put out, it's like, you can hear that influence in there. Like pretty, like, you know, yeah, absolutely, man. And that's, that's what we were saying too, is that, you know, there's so many hip hop artists who crack the code of how to, you know, get that kind of energy out of that tempo and that style way before any of us started doing it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because it makes sense. I'll, you know, it takes, takes yeah. a point or something. hundred percent, man. Who, who better? <laughs> yeah, man. And, and all of this was happening in El Paso, right? Yeah. Still, uh, still, still in El Paso. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that's cool, Paso. man. Cause yeah. I feel like El Paso, I don't know how it was for you growing up there. I, I'm curious your your impressions of it, actually, because t- to me, El Paso for like dance music, it's known for having, you know, super passionate uh, fans, great crowds, great shows. But it's, I think, less known for like artists coming out of El Paso. Right. Yeah. There's some um, I mean, the biggest artists come out of El Paso, like that I know of. Um like this far is um Khalid. Right. That, I mean that obviously that guy is a fucking superstar, but uh yeah, there's there's not many. There's there's I would say like there's like a DJs, deal, like, you know, handful. I, I don't even know for DJs who else other than you I would say. I'm probably forgetting somebody, but I know uh like Nazar's from uh I'm not sure if you heard of Nazar, but Nazar's from El Paso. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. he's from here. Um mm, <laughs> but yeah not a lot not right? a lot like, yeah i mean yeah. There, there have been also been some like some rappers that have made it like to a decent size um not huge though but yeah i mean as far in general i wouldn't as you know as far as talent i mean like and it's crazy because like you know there are a lot of talented people in el paso but 
you know, one thing I've noticed that is that a lot of people who have moved from El Paso to like, you know, LA or like other places like that, they've definitely done, you know, almost, almost like not instantly, but only like right away. They've, you know, there's been a big difference in like their success and like, and their opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it hasn't been, I guess, crazy for talent, but luckily, you know, the whole SoundCloud thing, like I didn't really need to be anywhere to make things happen. Yeah. Did you feel like you did at a certain point? Was there ever that, oh, like, yeah. I got to get to LA kind of mentality? Oh, for sure. It was just, uh, I was just too poor to move there. So I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I didn't go anywhere. And, um, you know, I got to the point where now if I need to go to LA, I can just fly to LA, you know, and I don't need to be, you know, there. And, you know, obviously having two kids and stuff like to, to have like a, a three, four bedroom house in LA, um, oh, that's it, too man. expensive. And like, I can, you know, the, the rent over here in El Paso is extremely cheap. So I can live nicely, fly when I need to, to LA if I need to. And I think it just works out. And I think it's nice because it's, it's uh, definitely slower. Like it's a slower city. It's not like, you know, not as fast paced, not as like crazy and hectic. So when I travel and, you know, go to these sometimes hectic places, you know, I get to come back home and it's a lot slower and relaxed and, yeah, you know, chill. Yeah, it's nice, man. You got to have that balance for sure. I mean, how, how are exactly. you out on the road? Because, uh, I mean, you're a road dog for sure. I, I feel like you're always, you know, playing yeah. shows. That <laughs> kind of lifestyle, you know, it, it's interesting, like, because I'm sure you immediately, since you had kids from the time you started, kind of had to figure out early, like, how to balance the craziness of tour life with also maintaining, like, a normal human life. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a, at a younger age, it was... It, it hasn't always been, been this structured. I mean, it, I've definitely, I would, I've had to try to, yeah. you know, um, to structure things, but it's definitely like improved obviously over the years and where I've kind of like, where I've seen like what works best and like, cause yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm usually home, you know, I'll be home like Monday through, let's say typically Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday, you know, when I'm playing three, you know, two, yeah. three shows a week. So I've, yeah, I've definitely had to, you know, learn that like medium. And like when I, you know, when I get home, obviously like and say I'm traveling, I'm going to be tired or like maybe might be hungover or something just from like, you know, all the partying and stuff. But it's like, you know, when I'm home, I have to be like, when I'm home, I'm like dad and like, I'm, you know, obviously my partner, you know, I'm a, I have to get shit done. Yeah. So it's like, I have to, <laughs> you know, mentally prepare myself. Okay. Getting home. Okay. I got to do all this, you know, and, and obviously, you know, obviously in the, you add in the music, so then, okay, this is due, this is due, this is due. Uh, you have to finish this, you know, yeah. um, we have to go over this right here. We have to go over our work. You have to go over, you know, future plans for like, you know, the name of the EP or we have to talk about this show, what shows we're going to want to do in the fall. Are we going to accept this festival offer? This is, this. and it's just like, <laughs> it's a lot, but I like, but I love it. Like at the same time, like I, you know, it's, it's hectic, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah you like being busy a little bit. I do. I, I was, yeah, honestly, like, I think also, I also play video games too, because it's like, I don't like to just like, I mean, obviously sometimes I like to relax, but most days if I'm not doing something, like, even if it's just like distracting myself with video games, like, I feel like I got to get up and do something. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know, because I always play rain. So I think I feel like rain kind of like gives me a like, like I'm doing something. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Even though it doesn't really matter. That, there's still that competitive edge a little bit. Right. Exactly. And I, I feel like, cause I can't honestly, uh, as a kid, I used to, I mean, I played all types of video games, like just like story mode campaign. And now like, 
and it's kind of sad, honestly. And like, it makes me, it does make me sad, but I can't play any games unless they're like, they're competitive, mm. like online competitive. And it like makes me sad because I used to be able to play just like open world things, just have fun and collect things right. and like beat computers. And now I have to like beat make other people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it makes me sad because I, I just like sometimes I, I wish I could just go back to that. And I've tried and it just, it's well, not the music same. can kind of be the same way sometimes too, right? Like, are you competitive with music and the career side of things? I would say so. Um, like not, ne- I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but y- yeah. No, no, no. Like, 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 like friendly competition. Yeah. I get it. Cause like, a lot of times, like, you know, people try to like one up each other because like, and a lot of times I feel like that's how a lot of music has gotten better because people try to do better than what they've heard prior. Um, but I would have always, I think, just been really competitive. Um, I used to play football when I was in high school and I was just like, I, I don't like losing at all. <laughs> like, I hate losing. Like, it hurts my soul to lose. <laughs> like, like I was saying, I just lost like, you know like three, four games with the, with the homie earlier. <laughs> and like, yeah, it, it stuck with me for like five minutes. I was like, man, like what could I have done differently to have won that game? And so, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like, I don't like losing <laughs> at all. Well, that probably, that uh, tendency probably serves you well in a career like the one you have, where there's always something more you can yeah. do, right? There's always, yeah, something right. you could change exactly. or something you could add or do better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also very prideful too. So like, <laughs> like I'll go, I'll get notes from you know from my label sometimes. Like you know, you know, maybe you should try this. Maybe this will sound better. Or like maybe you should change this. And and when I was younger, I would, you know, I would kind of be like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's like, nah, I know what it's supposed to sound like. I don't care what they say. And I think over the years, as I tried it, you know, I, I noticed some of the things they would say when it did make the song better. You know, um, their notes. You know, yeah. they they were good notes and I, I've, I've learned to take, you know, like notes like that and like criticism or like opinions, you know, much more lightly and much more, you know, constructive instead of like, just, you know, uh, as like me, like they're like attacking me and I know they're not because obviously like they're on my side. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good lesson to learn, man. And I was actually thinking about that too, with, with your label, which is uh Dimock still. Right. And, and you've been with yeah. them for a long time which I think is is interesting in the dance music world because I think we're used to, at this point in 2022, like nobody stays with a label for very long. Everybody, you know, mm-hmm. you drop one project and then they move on and everything changes. What's what's the relationship? Like, how did you start working with Dimock and how how has that kind of evolved over the time? We had, re- had released like a house song with them on their, on their like side label or like the, what's it called? The New Noise? Right. So we had kind of like a little, a slight, you know, relation, you know, relationship like that, but it wasn't so real breaker actually. And I had sent real breaker out to like a ton of labels and none of the labels wanted real breaker. And I knew that it was going to, it was going to do well. And I was like, all right, it's, you know, it's your loss. You know, you guys don't want to take it. That's fine. And, uh, Dimac was like, yo, we love this. Like, like we want to put this out. And I think they just did, they did such a great job with it. And, um, so that's how it started. And after that, they did a great job. And we like, we want, we decided, you know, mutually we wanted to continue working together. So that's how it all started. They kind of took the chance with me on, on Real Burger when no one else wanted it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. that's great, man. I mean, I, I love it when you see people and teams working together for the long term because I, I think that's, that's something every artist kind of needs. But there's such a, I don't know, we're all on our own islands and everybody feels like you kind of got to be out for yourself at a certain point. It's funny, like 
for a lot of artists, I feel like the second an artist signs a contract, like the next day, they're thinking about like, how can I get out of this as quickly as possible? What's the next move? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I, to me, maintaining yeah. a healthy long-term relationship with people you like working with is is kind of always the best thing you can do if it's available. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, you know, it's it's nice not, ha- not having to like worry about like, okay, where am I going to sign this next EP now? Or like, oh, like, you know, are they going to do a good job of this? Like, are they going to do what, you know, what they did? Or, you know, there's a, a bunch of things that go into it. It's, it's nice to just have like, you know, stability. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's worked out uh, really well, obviously. And Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it seems like they're pretty open to you kind of doing what we were talking about earlier, expanding your sound and experimenting as well. Like I was, uh, I was listening back to that black market EP that you put out the the house one, which yeah. I I fucking love that man. I want I I want you to Thank make you, more of that stuff, man. It's you you're really good at making that style of house. Um, yeah, Thank you, bro. absolutely, I man. And I, I mean that sincerely. You should make more of it. Yeah. I want to hear more. Uh, and I feel like there is an audience for it too, but in terms of the label, like it's cool that they're open to you bringing them a, you know, something that doesn't sound like what you're known for and putting it out just mm-hmm. on the same level, same platform, same push, all of that. Yeah. And, and in, in general, you know, they've, they've always given me like a lot of like musical freedom. Um, and obviously like they'll give me notes here and there, but you know, I don't necessarily even have to take those notes. Um, it, they've never been like, you know what, if you don't change this in the song, then we're not going to release it. It's always been like, you know, we, we suggest this, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But, um, yeah, they've always given me a lot of musical freedom. I'm, I'm free to put like basically whatever type, whatever type of song I want in my EP, I can make any, like any type of EP I want. And I think that's, it's, that's helped me a lot too, because I'm able to like get, get my like music out there, the things that I like, I'm passionate about, like, for example, a lot of like the outros on my, all my latest like EPs or like albums, the last song is always like this very, like more like emotional piece. It's not like, it's not electronic at all. Like a lot of it's like piano and it's just, that's like my way of like, even if a lot of people don't listen to it because it's not their thing for me, just to have it out there and to like, maybe maybe it'll showcase that to people. Uh, that, that means a lot. Yeah, to, man. You know? Did you have any musical training, any background, like instruments or any teachers or any of that? No. Um, yeah. Nah, you got just, a good, uh, the reason I ask is you do have a good ear for melody. Like I was listening to some of those outros and then, you know, the Pushing Daisies project, which is like a little more melodic in mm-hmm. general. Just, uh, yeah, right. I don't know. We were talking about like hooky uh, vocals before, but I feel like you just have a good ear for hooks in general. I, I think that's what's kind of like maybe, you know, carried me, you know, you know, throughout the, my career is like maybe just having like an ear for, for like just catchy things or just like having an ear for music. Um, Cause I would, I wouldn't say I'm like the most technical producer at all. I wouldn't say like, you know, when, as far as any of that comes at all, like I wouldn't like put myself up there with like, you know, with like space laces, of course, oh, like space yeah. laces is like on a whole nother planet when it comes to producing with virtual riot, same thing. Um, you know, all these other guys, they're, they're so technical. They're so just like amazing sound design. And I wouldn't, I, 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 that's not like my strong, you know, my strong suit. I say like, you know, obviously I have an ear for catchy things. I, I have, I guess I know maybe what my people might like, you know, and it's, uh, I think that's what's worked out for me. And, um, 
you know, I, I like it. So it's like, I'll take that. All, yeah, you know? man. As long as I have, as long as I have something. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, you want to be able to grow and, and expand and, you know, just do whatever you're excited about at the time. Right. Right. Whether it's the black market EP or the pushing daisies project, or maybe some upcoming stuff like, what is, is there something that like switches in your brain where it's like, I want to make something different now? Or is this kind of stuff you've always made on the side that people are just starting to hear now? It's it's actually things that I've, I've always made. Um, maybe, maybe not some of the melodic stuff, but I, I've, house was like one of the first things I ever made. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't good, but it was house music. And like, that was some of like the first stuff I made. I actually, some of the first house I made was actually Fidget. Oh yeah, Fidget House. I used to, I miss Fidget. Because yeah. I, mean, I mean, there's Fidget now, but it's basically called Bass House. Now. So it's yeah, like, it's it's different now. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the old days with like Switch and Sindon and all that. I love that stuff, man. I think it was a, was a Mustard Pimp. Oh, Mustard, Mustard Pimp. Pimp was on my yeah, favorite. yeah, yeah. Mustard Pimp. Um, I used to listen to cr- the Crookers oh, a lot. Man. Legends. Crookers, uh, Crookers are fucking amazing. Um, so yeah, so I used to like, make all that stuff. And like, I mean, that it didn't really hit as much as like obviously my chop stuff. But I've always, you know, enjoyed, like, you know, I'll, I'll release a house song, like, you know, uh, here and there. Um, but I wanted to make, like, a whole EP dedicated to that and just, like, have it be, like, different, you know, like, just whatever sounded good to me. It was, I wasn't, like, I didn't make that EP to be for those songs to be played live. It was, like, just for, like, a listener's, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I really liked that EP because it, it wasn't me trying to, you know, a lot of the songs I make now um some of them are like for me when i play live because i know they're gonna like do well live or like do well in the gym whatever but with the house music it was just it was just purely off just like what i wanted to do and like just for people to listen to so it's nice to hear you say that you know you you thoroughly you know enjoy yeah, it. man i really did it, it was it's super unique because i think when a lot of times when you hear a producer who's known for a, a certain sound try on a different sound it's you can kind of tell that it's like they're still doing it from the perspective of like the world they came from. Whereas with you, it just felt like, I don't know, it was just very unique. It didn't feel like a house producer was necessarily making it. It definitely didn't feel to me like a dubstep producer was making it. And it it was kind of this (laughs) unique thing that I, it was just, I don't know. There's, there's something about it, man. I think, uh, I think you got a, a, just a good ear for it. I mean, do you think you're going to keep, making different stuff stuff out of what you're known for in the future i mean i'll I'll always make bass music but i definitely like as far as like the house thing goes i uh i think because that that house cp now is two years old maybe something like that i think i think about 2020 2020 maybe or 2020 so i think either this year i want to release another another like a four four track um like house ep just uh more for listening not even necessarily playing live and if someone wants to play it live cool but yeah i definitely intend to like keep that because like, like me having made that house ep like definitely like gave me it made me happy to be able to do that and like this this business and stuff is producing stuff can like really get to you and like make you feel more more so of a job sometimes and when i made that house ep and when i was doing the pushing daisy stuff I felt like I was just having fun. So I was like, I definitely want to keep that if I want to like, I need to keep it if I want to be happy. Oh man, absolutely. I mean, being happy, this is kind of how we usually start wrapping up anyways, talking about, you know, being happy in this career and like, how do we stay, you know, balanced and positive and, and all of that in the middle of like 
yeah. what is sort of a ridiculous, crazy job at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think yeah. that that's a great lesson, man. I uh, trying to get back to what got you excited about it in the first place, right? Like trying to get back to like a more innocent place with it. Have you found any good exactly. tricks, anything you've learned along the way to keep yourself in like a positive place, a happy place, not listening to to those one random guy comments? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I I think it just it takes time to be able to like just take those comments and just remind yourself that like, you know, you are where you are because like, you know, for like a reason. You know, like you're not there because majority of people think you suck, you know, and even if you had a handful of people that think you're good, like that's still a handful of people that think you're good, yep. you know, and it's, it doesn't even matter if it's majority. I think it's just, you know, I, I, one thing I learned is like, you know, you can't, you have to take everything like with a grain of salt when you hear like, or like things on social media in general, like it's like social media can be really bad for like mental health, you know, and like, yeah, I've definitely gone through it where I've, you know, I've doubted like my, my whole career just because like a couple comments, you know, and so yeah, so I guess so you know as far as like tips go, like you know just learn you have to like learn to be able to take, you know, negative comments, um, you know, surround yourself with people who are, you know, a hundred percent, you know, supportive, you know, who will, you know, remind you, you know, that you're not. Uh, quote unquote, you know, one trick yep. pony, yep. you know? Um, yeah. So having a supportive team and just in general, I mean, for me, you know, it's helped a lot too. So, you, um, you know, obviously it's not everyone's, you know, cup of tea, but, you know, praying for me has helped a lot and, uh, it's helped me stay positive. It's helped me, you know, you know, change certain things that I need to change in life, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, a, it's a combination of a lot of things, but I think surrounding yourself with positive people, you know, and being positive yourself is just like probably the most important and like just reminding yourself, like, why you're making music in the first place. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people don't, you know, people make, like uh, for me, like I started making music for myself because I enjoyed it because it made me happy because it was just fun making creative things. or just being different, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of times I think people need to like, remind themselves, like, you know, that's not necessarily about other people. It's about like what makes you happy. And yeah, so I mean, sometimes I forget that too. Of course, <laughs> as, as do we all, man. But I think that's that's really beautiful what you just said. It's interesting because, and people who listen to this podcast know what I'm about to say because I talk about this all the time, but like, I'm not a super religious guy, but then there is something to me that I've kind of picked up on throughout years of making music and DJing and all that, that I'm like, way it's made me much more of a spiritual person than I used to be. There is something about what we do that I do feel like connects me with the world and connects me with other people in a way that is, that is special, you know, and, and I don't know what it is. But I, I think if what I'm hearing you say, what I'm taking from what you're saying about, you know, praying and, and thinking about it in that way, too, is like, it's good sometimes to just, yeah, let yourself kind of reflect on the place you're in and the what you care about and if this is too personal feel free to tell me but yeah like if, if you're praying like what does that look like are you like asking about specific things are you kind of just like reflecting on what's going on in your life um so for me it's i basically you know i'll just go and like you know thank god for everything you know for all all the good things in my life and then you know i'll ask that you know that he 
continue to provide those things, you know, and like for my children, obviously, you know, I'll pray for my children to make sure, you know, ask that, you know, they remain healthy, you know, that they, you know, he protects them from, you know, like harm. So basically like that, you know, it's just, it's more for me, it's more so, you know, it is, it's like, you're like reflecting. It's like, you know, it's not, I don't really necessarily ask like, Oh, like, please let me like, you know, win the lottery, you know, but more so, you know, ask for like opportunities in my career that, you know, will help me, you know, further my career. You know, it's, uh, I think it's definitely helped. And I, and I, there's been, I think in my life, there's been too many things that, it, uh, not necessarily shouldn't have happened, but things that have happened that like, that it just, it's too, it's too crazy for it to be just like a coincidence. Um, like, you know, like what kind of stuff? Like, uh, for our youngest son, he was born about three months uh, premature. So he was born at like, I think he was born at one pound. Oh, wow. Um, he was born, uh, like, I think prior to his, uh, his lungs even being developed. So he, uh, and he also had a stroke in his mom's stomach before he was born. Oh, wow. So, um, they had told her like, you know, we, uh, you know, his mom, like, you know, we, we strongly suggest, you know, get, uh, having an abortion because, you know, if you go through with it, chances are one, he won't even survive. Like, I think they gave him like a, a 20% chance of living. Um, they said if he did survive, he was going to have, you know, severe, like cerebral palsy, um, you know, there could be a lot of, you know, obviously medical issues, you know, you know, with him, if, yeah. if we go through with him. Developmental issues. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, but my, my girlfriend, she said, you know, she's like, no, you know, everything's gonna be fine. And I was like, okay, well, you know, this is ultimately your decision. You know, this is your body. This is, you know, um, like I support you in whatever you do. Uh, at first I, I was a little bit like, you know, and I'm like, you know, the doctor's just saying 20% chance, like you shouldn't do it. Right. And, uh, the more I talked to her, you know, I was like, you know what? Okay, let's go through with it. And, um, he, uh, he survived, obviously. Um, they say he was supposed to be blind. You know, he, uh, it's not blind. He, uh, doesn't have severe cerebral palsy from the stroke. He does have a little bit of, um, cognitive, uh, so he, oh, yeah. you know, he can't with his right, his right uh, hand, he can't really pinch things very well. Like, oh, so, sure, he, yeah. so he uses his right hand, but it's not like as motor, motor skill exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. So all the motor skill stuff like that, um, Besides that, you know, and he's, uh, he's healthy. He obviously has a chronic lung disease, but I mean, it doesn't affect him like day to day. Like if he gets sick, sometimes it'll be a little bit worse, but he's here with us. And he's like, he's always smiling, always running around laughing. And just, he's like the, like the, he's so happy. And it makes me happy that, you know, obviously he's happy, but it's like, right. It just, it's just crazy. Cause you know, so many things had like, there were so many things against him and it just, you know, it's, it worked out and he's, you know, He's happy. Um, he got diagnosed with autism um, a couple months ago, and I, I told a couple of people, like you know, friends and family, and they're like, they, they, I guess they reacted like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And it's like, I guess like the more I learned about autism, is the thing is like, you don't. That's not something to, like to be sorry about for somebody because autism autism isn't right. like this type of like like a disease thing. It's just like they are just different and like on like a totally different like spectrum, and that's that's what they call it. Like you know, when you're on someone's on the spectrum it's a totally different thing and it's like a different way of them thinking you know it's not something where like they're like disabled yeah. and they can't do a certain thing or like they're like you know mentally ill it's not like that at all so when people told me that like oh, i'm so sorry I'm like no nah. i'm like you have nothing to be sorry about like he's alive he's happy you know there's some obviously some battles we might have to you know endure and like you know work around and like making him feel more comfortable making making sure you know he doesn't feel overwhelmed at times I'll just, like I said, I'm just happy he's here. And it's like, um, yeah. And, man. and the thing is with him, like, I feel like he requires a bit more attention, you know, because of given all the things that, you know, that he's gone through, like he, 
you know, he can't do certain things yet. And he's still like, he's still nonverbal. So it's hard for him to communicate what he wants sometimes. So, right. and when I go back and the reason why I bring that up is that since he requires more attention, I'm able to, uh, with my job, I'm able to provide all the income for our family and his mom can be with him all day and make sure that he's good, take him to all his therapies, take him to school. So that's another thing I think about is like, if I didn't have this job, you know, how much harder would that be? And, you know, for him, and I feel like kind of like God kind of gave us him because he knew that we could handle, you know, mm-hmm. having, you know, having him and having everything that comes with it, you know? Right. And it's it just like, and I think it's things like that. You no, know, that's, it's just like. That's beautiful, man. Absolutely. I got sent information too, that you're, you're doing or participating in like a walk for autism awareness as well. Yeah. Uh, April 30th uh, in El Paso. Um not in shape at all, but try my best. <laughs> I want to try my best to get in shape before it. Was it a 5K, which I think is three miles? Yeah, that's a, it's like um, 3.2 miles, something like that. I sh- I should have done, um, I did the run instead of the walk. Oh, okay. And look, looking back on it, I was like, dude, I could have just done the walk. And, so, and, and it's still equally, equally mean, yeah. you know, this, you know, as much, but, uh, you know, like I said, I'm competitive. So I was like, okay, cool. We're going to do the, we're going to do the run. And, so a bunch of my homies and stuff, they're going to fly into El Paso and do the run with me. Um, you know, people who I work with, like my, um, like a couple of my photographers, um, just like, you know, good friends of mine who want to like support as well. So yeah, we're doing that. And uh, I'm excited. And, you know, I intend to do it, um, you know, every year. And then obviously I intend to, um, to donate, you know, when I can and try to help all those organizations. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, I, I got a lot of respect for, for what you're doing, man, not just with that, but just all of it, man. It's, it's a lot to handle and you seem like you're, you're not only doing it well, but that, you know, you've got, got a handle on it. And I think it's, it's impressive, man, because there's plenty of people in our world who are, you know, doing well, but maybe just haven't, figured life out quite as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, all you can do is try. So I'm like, yeah. I try, <laughs> I try, I try my best, you know, if, you know, and I, like I said, I mean, it seems to, I mean, I love my life. Like honestly, everything about it. Um, um, I'm grateful to, you know, for everything I have and, and I hope that, you know, that it continues this way. Well, what, what are, what are some goals? What do you, what do you got, you know, either just stuff you got coming up or, or just ideas, things you'd love to do in the future that you haven't gotten to do yet. Anything, any like bigger future plans for Riot 10? I guess one goes, I've always wanted to like, you know, I've always wanted to have a song on the radio. So like, and, uh, cause I, cause I, I make pop music too on the side. And I guess like, that's, I mean, people probably don't know that, but yeah, like I'll, I have like a couple of pop songs that I, you know, that I have, that I want to put out. It's just hard though, because like pop music is like, I mean, pop music is obviously huge, but you know, my fans are obviously yeah. total opposite of that. So it's, it's a little bit tricky, but yeah, definitely getting the radio is one of, you know, um, a goal of mine. And I guess just continuing just to try to be happy in the music that I'm making and just, you know, continue to just m- make different music and like expand my like, the catalog as far as like, you know, diversity is of the music. Yeah. Goes, you know? I, I love that, man. Uh, and I've really enjoyed this whole conversation. So thank you again for taking the time to do it. I have, uh, I have one last question, but before I ask it, is there anything else we haven't talked about anything else that's on your mind? Anything else you want to get out there? No, no. I mean, we were kind of touched bases on it, but like if you're watching this, I was, I, I guess basically want to say like, just be a nice person. 
<laughs> you know, like that's one thing I've like I've really like recently, you know, is like I've you know, even like when it comes to like gaming online, um, you know, there'd be some people and it, and I, I mentioned this because it's small details. Yeah. So like, you know, when I go online, you know, someone like we'll be playing, obviously as yeah, it's competitive, people are, you know, trash talking, I get it. But you know, they'll, they'll say something mean to me. And instead of like me going back and, you know, saying like, oh, like, you know, fuck you or like you suck or like blah, 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 back to them, you know, I'll, I'll stop myself and I'll just like kind of ignore it or be like, or reply and be like, you love you too, bro. <laughs> and then they don't, they don't know how to react to that because they're like, they're still busy trying to put out, you know, negativity that they get hit with some positivity back and they don't, they don't know how to respond to that. Or they'll respond and be like, like, haha, I love you too. Sorry. Right. Or something, you know? <laughs> So for me, it's like, yeah, honestly, like, just be, be a good person. Like, stop yourself when you, when you, you know, when you want to say something mean to somebody. Like, I guess the way I've always, like, been raised, or I guess what I was raised by my mom was like, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, like, don't say it. You're allowed to have an opinion. That's the thing, though. Like, people are allowed to have their opinions. Yeah. But it's when you take your opinion and you purposely put it in that person's face to see what your opinion is, is when it, it becomes unnecessary. Yeah. You know, you can say whatever you want on like you want it on your own page. It's your own page, but like, don't mention me and be like, "Yo, right, tell you fucking suck." <laughs> like, it, it's it's like it's it's unnecessary. There's no need for it. So like, yeah, like like I said, just be positive, be a positive, or try to be a positive, more positive person and a kinder person. Because the thing is, what you were just saying about having your opinion, but then putting it on other people is like, I think the problem comes when you have an opinion, and then all of a sudden you think everyone else needs to have that opinion. And, you know, and you're yeah. trying to you're trying to do the one thing that we know we can't do, which is, you know, change other people. Right. It's like the only thing we can change is ourselves. And and it's like if, if there's something you're unhappy about or some change you want to see in the world, the only way you can really get to that is by changing yourself and trying to put that out yourself, you know, rather than telling everyone else to do it. Yeah, I feel like it's like, you know, I feel like when you act and you say nice to someone, you know, that could make, that can have an impact on them. And like, maybe they'll start to change, you know, their approaches to, you know, certain situations differently because of the way that you interacted with that 100%. person, you know, but you, you know, that it, it won't happen by being like, yo, be a better person. Yep. Like, Oh, they're like, Oh yeah, for sure. I'm going to take what you just said. And it's going to affect me for the rest of my life. And nah, it's not like, it'll, it'll it works by personal interaction or like, situations that happen to you that yeah, changes absolutely, things you know? man it's never that direct like now that we're talking about this yeah. it's it's making me realize like music and influences are the same way right where you know you make a song in in your adult life and then you can maybe look back and realize like oh like this song i heard 20 years ago maybe that kind of gave me you know, the influence to make this thing that i made 20 years later but it's never so direct where it's just like you hear yeah, you hear a no. song and then you know that determines what you're going to do next like creativity is the same way as as emotions or attitude it's all the same man and it's all that makes sense actually yeah because yeah, I, I think in the moment you you may not like oh this is going to change me you know right. but it's like down the road maybe that situation will have you know an effect yeah. on your reaction or your, your yeah, you know, it all you adds do. up man all the experiences we have with people yeah it, it all adds up 
Well, man, uh, let me ask you the last question because I know we're a little over time. I want to let you get out of here. Just looking for a moment from your life, like a memory from your life, could be from any time when in that moment, in that memory, music really had a deep impact on you, really like meant something to you in that moment. And that's meant to be a super broad question. There's no wrong answer. Mm. Kind of just the first thing you think of. It's not necessarily that I had like a like a deep thing, but like I do remember like one of the first times like I heard this song, it like really touched me. And I was like, yo, like there's some like really fucking beautiful music out there. I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce his name though. It's um I'm, his first name's Guy, I guess. It's G-U-I. Uh, oh, second name Barado. Yeah, Bur- yeah, Guy or Guy. I don't know how to pronounce it either. Yeah, I think Guy Barado, uh, Guy Barado. It's that guy, and his song is called. Uh, I think it was called like "No Turning Back" or "No Looking Back." Okay, I, I don't know, but it's. I think that's the name of the song. But I listen to it, you know probably like once a year, and yeah, that song. I was like, yo, like this is like really beautiful, and I just like. I remember I had him repeat and I used to just like listen to it like in the dark and it was like, yeah, beautiful. But I mean, I think, I think the, I guess the reason why I'm having so much trouble answering this is because like, I think music has been such a big part of my life since, you know, like 14, 15 that I kind of like sum it up all but as like one. Right. And like in general music has like one changed my life you know, and it's been such a big part of me that it's like, it's like, I basically like, yeah, you can't like separate. Live, like I live music, you know? So yeah. like, it's all like all of it in general. And like, it's just a big moment for me, you know? But he, I mean, even to take that one little moment, listening to that guy Barato or Guy Barato song, like even that I relate to what you're saying, because that's, those are those nice moments. It's kind of what we were talking about before of getting back to what you love, where you can kind of, have that outside perspective and and be in the moment enough to just be like, man, like this, this song that this person made is just beautiful. And, you know, I Mm -hmm. never knew something could sound like this before. I never knew like something could make me feel this way before, even if it's just for a minute, it's like those, those little feelings to me, it's like, that's why what we do is so special because another one of those moments could always be like over the, the next horizon. Right. Or like, that could always happen the next yeah. day. And to me, that's part of what keeps it super exciting. No, I agree. I mean, cause it, there's even like times like where like, um, there's certain songs, uh, there's a song too. It's called, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it on either. Cause it's, it's a crazy name, yeah. but, but it's by, uh, is it Sakamoto? I don't know, but it's okay. It's, it's the fucking, it's like the, the main song from, from Babel. Oh, if okay. you've seen Babel. Yeah. 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 Okay. That song. And like, I mean, I generally like listen to that song. It's like, it's beautiful, but there's been a lot of times where I was just like, straight up just like cried to that song for like no reason. Like I might not even be sad, or but it, it's just like such an emotional song that like, it's like, you know, it always has that same, that same impact, um, like on me. And I guess like going back to the, like, you know, me like impacting me as far as that goes, like, you know, I've had people like tell me like, you know, like that my music saved their lives. And it's like, I guess a lot of times it's hard for me to comprehend that because I make kind of like aggressive music and you know, like right. crazy music. So I was like, like, I don't know how I see your life, <laughs> but like, you know, but I'm glad it did. And like, I'm glad it was able to like, you know, bring you some type of like, you know, me comfort 
you know, in a time that you needed it. Um, yeah, or maybe like an outlet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, whether you went to the gym to like, kind of just like get things off your mind and like my song, my music was playing and it just helped you get to that. Like, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take it. Like, cause at the end of the day, like, no, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like, like putting out music that you love and like, if it can help people and if people just enjoy it, if like, you know, they can just, if it makes their fucking, you know, their, it drives to work better than, yeah. you know, like, oh not? yeah. And, and we've all had experiences with music that did that for us. Right. So it's kind of awesome mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, keep participating in it, even from the other side. Also do me a favor, check yeah. out this song. It's called, uh, it's another song. Every time I listen to it, I cry. Like it's just too emotional for me, what, what song? <laughs> but it's called, uh, uh, the name of the, the name of the band is called Amber run. I'm writing this. And down. I think that, Oh, okay. It's called Amber Run, and the name of the song is called I Found. I Found, okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I think pretty sure that's what it's called. Um, the vocal processing on that, uh, I'm not sure if it's like a vocoder or some shit, whatever the fuck they did, but just like the whole emotion of the song is just super deep. And like every time I listen to it, like I'll just start crying. I'm like, and I get mad because like, I don't know why I'm crying, nice. but it's just it's so beautiful. Man. And it's like, um, yeah, it's about this dude just finding love where he just, you know, where it, I guess I mean that's as it says the song is like where it wasn't supposed to be. Right. So I'm assuming it's like you know, like, right? Yeah, but yeah, let, listen to that dude and just like yeah, you know, message me and let, let me know what you think about it. I wrote it down. I'm definitely gonna check that out, man. And that's you know those little songs like yeah, I don't know. To me, that's that's I guess what I was talking about earlier with like you know deepening my connection to the world and people around me. It's like yeah, sometimes you hear that song and it yeah maybe you just start crying and you don't know why that kind of thing and it makes at least for me, it makes me realize that like, oh man, like that emotion has been there the whole time. And it's just that song brought it out of me, you know, what you were saying, you know, if your music can do that on any level for any person, that's just, that's a beautiful thing, yeah, man. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Music, huh? <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> we're here because we're yeah, here because 100%. Music, yeah. And it's like, that. that's why I love doing this podcast, man. Cause you know, I, you're known for this like hard as nails dubstep, but we can still have this conversation about, you know, crying to emotional music and it's music is a crazy thing. And, and I really enjoy talking like this and I appreciate you coming on to talk with me, man. I appreciate you having me, man. It's a, it was, it was like, it was nice. It's like, you're right. It didn't, it didn't, it felt like a conversation. It didn't feel like a, like an interview, you know, it's like, it's just like two dudes talking about music and like definitely one of my favorite like podcasts that I've done. So I, I appreciate hey, you, thank you, man. Me. That means a lot. And yeah, come back anytime, man. And you know, next time we're, we're out in the world, uh, hopefully we can actually meet up. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Just let me know whenever you're, I guess. Yeah. hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. Are you back on the road? You touring a lot now? Um, not that crazy. It's usually in the, it's usually like in the fall that like my, my schedule is like crazy. Um, but like, yeah, like this weekend I'll be in Denver and Miami. Um, then next weekend I'm off, I'm off for like two weeks after that. Then I'm in Vancouver and then I'm like two, I'm off for two weeks for that after that. And then I'm in Orlando. So it's like a little bit spaced out more so like in the, in the spring. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for doing this, man. It was great talking with you. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Like it's feelings are mutual, my brother. All right, man. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. You as well, brother. Peace, man. All right. Bye.